What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of the Back to the Bible podcast. Today we're diving in the, the very beginning of Genesis, and we'll be talking about a little bit of God's perspective. Um, so stay tuned. We have an awesome, awesome podcast for you. Talking about the very beginning of his creation today. So we're diving straight into Genesis, and I just want to bring up the a, a point that if you don't believe in the creation, then how can it's then you don't believe in Christianity? You know, this is where this is where the beginning came from. You know, it's it's crazy, and uh, in Genesis we have the first account of a perfect world where there was no sin um, before humans entered the world and just started. Um, then sin came into the to the world, but that's that's a crazy thing. Um, also, uh, before the beginning, uh, there was only God, and that's such a crazy. That's so crazy. We can't even comprehend that statement as humans. You know, like oh, it was just God the entire time. How long was He alive for? You know, uh, like we we always want to know the very beginning and the end of something because on Earth that's how we. We just view things, you know, that's how we view things like our entire lives. And like when we get to heaven, we're going to definitely, um, we're going to have all the answers. Um, or at least that's what I believe. So, uh, yeah, I just want to start start that off with those points. Um, let me pray before we start because I've been kind of jumping straight to it lately. Um, and uh, so if you bow with me, unless you're driving. Don't bow your heads and close your eyes while you're driving. <laughs> so, dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this day. As we dive into Genesis, just uh, help us get to know you and um, just uh, um, help uh, help us open our eyes and ears to, uh, to how great your creation is, Father. Um, Father, I thank you for this day, and we give you all the praise and all the glory in your name. Amen. All right, Genesis 1 through 5. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to give a kind of sum up everything. Um, so it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formed and <clears throat> the form was formless and empty and in dark, covered, covered the covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. And so on the first day, God created the heavens and the earth. Then he also created the day and the night. Um, and what's unique, what's also kind of cool, I like going back over this, I didn't realize this, but this is why you should read your Bible multiple times or whatever. There's no shame in going back and reading something at all. But uh, I didn't realize that when the heavens and the earth were, were made, they were uh, they were connected. Uh, that was that's kind of cool. On the second day, it says uh, the heavens and earth were their waters were were split up. On the second day, and then on the third day, God created the the land, the sea, uh, the vegetation, and all the um, the seed bearing fruits. Um, and then on the fourth day, sorry, I'm just gonna cut. This is how I'm gonna summarize kind of Genesis one here at least. Um, on the fourth day, uh, He created the seasons. And he, he made the two lights that govern the earth, which is the sun and the moon. And then he created, the fifth day, he created the, all the fish and the birds. And then on the sixth day, he created livestock and uh, just small animals to roam the earth. 
And then God created humans on the sixth day. Excuse me. He, uh, let's see. Then God said, let, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant through the earth and all the fruit, uh, fruit trees for your food. And I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, <clears throat> every, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked at all he made, and he saw that it was very good. Every And everything passed, or an evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. Let's go back to that. It says, God looked at all that he made, and he saw that it was very good. If you're a Christian, and you believe in God crea- God's creation, and you, um, you believe that you're his creation— he said, you are good. I don't care who you are. You are good. I want to, and he created you for, because he loves you. That's, that's, and he, he created us in his own image. He is the loving father. <clears throat> um, and so, uh, a few things that I want to point out that he, when he, he said he made us in his image, he made us like him. Meaning that, uh, and it says in the Bible that God is both, he's all, he's, he's spiritual, relational, intellectual, and he's, he's got a conscience, you know, and those four things are all what we were created with. Um, that just shows you, um, the likeness that he made. And, uh, I want to point out that it's important to read your old Testament because this kind of just shows you and just, just read it very thoroughly just, um, through it and, it gives you a picture of what who God is, you know, what He's like, and just the history of His creation and all the important stories. Uh, people just kind of don't value it, like, kind of, what's the word? I guess underestimate the Old Testament. I mean, yes, as Christians, the New Testament is uh, is what makes Christianity. But I would encourage you to go back and just kind of read the Old Testament. And I know there's a lot of struggling points in the Old Testament, you know, all the genealogies, all the, the traditions, it can get kind of old after a while. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. I'm, I'm, I'm not the first to admit that, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that right now. But um, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. So, and then let's get to the seventh day. And so on the seventh day, uh, God saw that his work was finished and he said, um, then God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was it was the day when he re- uh, rested from all his his work of creation. And that's Genesis uh, Genesis two, uh, one through four. And I want to quote uh, what I what I read about whenever God created humanity. Um, it's Genesis one twenty six 
through uh, 31 was what I read earlier. <sighs> all right. So you have all creation. This is how the earth got started. Now, um, you can believe it as in like it w- was a slow creation or it was just a burst of creation. Uh, we don't know. But um, God is good. And we know that he created everything to, and, it, um, and it was good. So uh, I want to read this little explanation point in my Bible. It kind of gives us a little guideline. It says, you are like him. Out of all all of creation, you carry his image uh, breathed into you by his breath of life. No part of creation can claim to have his image or his breath. And that is certainly true and such a blessing. Now, we're going to transition from creation. Actually, no, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're going to tr- transition from creation to Adam and Eve. You know the story of Adam and Eve, uh, the man and woman that were given uh, the responsibility to just uh, govern all, uh, govern the uh, <clears throat> the Garden of Eden. You know, um, and they then all of a sudden they they disobeyed God by God's commandment, His one commandment, not to eat the fruit of the the tree <clears throat> of good or was oh the tree of knowledge. That's what it was. And they did they did anyway because the servant deceived them and all of a sudden once they disobeyed God sin entered the world. <clears throat> and so I'm gonna do my best because <laughs> I want to try to do this. So I have an awesome devotion that has given me kind of a, a different per, not, not a different perspective, but a unique perspective from uh, from a Christian standpoint. And it's called uh, What on Earth Am I Here For by Rick Warren. Um, I would suggest you go read this devotion. This is amazing. Um, This is an amazing book. It has over 3 million, uh, or sorry, 34 million copies sold. Um, If you've read it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't read it, go out and get this book. Um, I'm kind of uh, merging uh, chapter 5 and comparing it to Adam and Eve um, in this. So I'm going to transfer. And what chapter 5 is, uh, is God's perspective. And so I'm going to do my best to make this smooth as possible. So it says, I'm going to get straight into it. So on cha- in chapter 5, it says, uh, it says the Bible offers different metaphors um, of life. You know, if you go, if you think about, uh, your metaphor of life, uh, what comes to mind whenever you think of this? You know, it could be, um, here, let me see examples. It could be uh, like a roller coaster. Life is a roller coaster. It could say uh, life is a puzzle, a minefield, a circus, a race. Uh, what <clears throat> what what comes to mind whenever you think of your life metaphor? Because that shapes your life uh, more than you think, you know. I'll give you an example of mine. I used to view life as kind of kind of a party, you know. I I went to college, just kind of dodging adulthood, and uh, I I wanted to just have fun, you know. Um, I I believe that I can work the rest of my life, but I'm I'm here in college. I want to just you know be be young, dumb, and free. And so I viewed it as a party, uh, just every day. What what's like when you walk into party? Like you're just like, all right, where's the fun at? You know. Every morning I woke up, I was like, all right, where's the fun at, you know? And 
uh, shamefully, it's uh, it's no longer part of my life. That's not my views, and I want to encourage you to if you're if you're doing that right now, I want to encourage you to stop because short term thinking is very toxic in this in this life. So, but. My view now is kind of like a marathon, you know, uh, treat every day as a blessing. Um, and just, I'm st- I want to start my day with God and that's like stretching, you know, for me, uh, before the marathon is starting my day with God and then just carrying that mindset into my everyday life. Every mile I travel, um, during the day, and this is not legit, l- literal, I'm not running a marathon, but um, just throughout the day, just carrying that mindset with me, knowing that, knowing the comfort that I stretched, knowing the comfort that I started my day with God, my mind's right, my, my heart's right, and that I'm going to do good works today because I started the day off um, on the right path. <clears throat> I'm not saying that's that's how you have to live, but that's how I I want to. That's my goal right now in life is just to just take each day. Um, and just, um, just focus on the little things. So anyway, that's part of, that's kind of what I'm going for. So, but think of your metaphor. Now, from God's perspective, when he's put you on this earth, these are the metaphors of life that, uh, that the Bible has given us. Rick Warren says, um, that, uh, the Bible offers three metaphors, and these metaphors are a test, a trust, and a temporary assignment. <clears throat> All right, so I'm going to get straight into the test. So if you haven't known this yet, <laughs> but life can be very, very, very testing. <laughs> oh, man. I've heard this one lady say uh, she, she'll be struggling or something like that, and she'll be like, oh, the Lord's testing me today. <laughs> I'm like, amen. <laughs> yeah. And that's very true, actually. So uh, God continually te- tests in, uh, people's character, faith, obedience, love, integrity, and loyalty. Um, he's always testing, um, or he always will be testing our response, or testing our response to problems. Um, he'll be testing our, our response to success, conflict, illness, disappointments, um, even wealth. Um and with that in mind, I want to relate this to um, to, gen- to the story of Adam and Eve and what God tested them with. Um, the very first test God gave humans was in Genesis uh, chapter 2, 16. And I'm going to read this. It says, where's 2, 16? Here we go. It says, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden and tended and watched over it, to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him. He said, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you will surely die. Then the Lord said, uh, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Actually, I'm, that's, that's in, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But first responsibility was to govern, uh, govern or attend the Garden of Eden. And watch over it, and eat all the fr- uh, the fruits, uh, all the, yeah. I just read it. <laughs> you you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the knowledge of good and evil. And eventually, I mean, we all know the story. 
uh, Adam and Eve eventually just take the fruit and eat it. And that was the first test. And let me see here. And so we ultimately fell because we disobeyed God. And then sin entered the world. Let's see. God tests my faith through problems, tests, or tests my hope by how I handle possessions. And he tests my love through people. And when you think of this, everything becomes, all the little things become big. You know, how how you treat other people, you know, just think back next time of how, how you're getting annoyed with somebody. If you're a boss and an employee is not doing what he's supposed to, just think God is watching your response to, of how you treat that employee. Um, and uh, also thinking back to, uh, don't think back to it, but like how you treat waiters if you're getting annoyed, how they're, they're serving you. And then you get, I see some people that get annoyed with it. And I'm just like, man, like, you know, they're, they're probably give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes, you know, I know it's their job to, um, to just ask for your help. Like if you need anything, you know, and tend to your needs, but, uh, God is watching how you treat that person who is serving you. Um, so just the little things, you know, um, and just some things that pop in the mind are like, like holding the door for other people. Like it's just the little things, very little things, helping that lady cross the street. Um, these are constant tests and things don't have to be thrown in motion. Um, he's going to test you on opportunities. If you see like a homeless man on the street and you feel like you, you should definitely give him at least a dollar or something like that. Like that's a test right there of itself. You know, it's not just necessarily um, things that are thrown at you. It's, it's opportunities that are thrown at you too, that are in your heart. And so I want you to keep that in mind that um, life is definitely a test um, and I want to end the test segment by saying, um, every time you pass a test, God notices and makes a plans to reward you in eternity. So that's very humbling and comforting. Like you just I, right there. I'm just like thinking like, oh man, like I wonder how many, how many tests I've passed and how many I've, I've failed, but I don't want that to lead you to anxiety. Um, so, and that doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven if you feel like you haven't passed any tests. Right now, it, as long as you have Jesus in your heart and have good intentions, um, then like, uh, then God will accept you and he loves you. Um, he loves you anyway. But, all right, I'm noticing I'm rambling, so let's get straight into the, uh, the trust section. So God... Uh, get created you because he loves you first of all and second uh, he wants to test you and third he trusts you um, he trusts you with um, everything on this earth if you think about it we're on this earth temporarily and all your possessions are not really your possessions all right and I don't want I don't want that statement to to lead you straight to give you a better taste because we all have inheritance, you know. When our when our parents kick the bucket, we'll we'll get inheritance. They're not, um, and that inheritance really isn't owned by them in the first place. It's owned by God. It's God's. God created it. They didn't really create it. God, which well, you're probably thinking, you know, humans actually created this. Well, God created humans, and in God's creation, created other things, which is ultimately God's. God placed uh, materials on this earth for us to use. 
and which um, we're just temporarily using them because we're not on Earth for eternity. We're on Earth for a short time. Um, so if you think of that way, um, that's you. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. It says we never really own anything. During our brief stay on Earth, God just loans the Earth to us while we're here. If if or <clears throat> it was God's property before you arrived, and it and God will loan it to someone else after you die. That basically just summarizes what I was just ram- rambling about. Um, I probably should have just read that right right away, but anyway. So if you think about it, if you're a person who is a very possession-based and lives their life life on possessions and the joy of you can enjoy a possession, but it shouldn't be the reason why you live. And I want to encourage you that if you're living that way, uh, there's a greater purpose. Um, go out, read a Bible. Go back. Go back to the Bible. <laughs> uh, and then if you need help, definitely uh, just. Find a community of Christian believers, and they will, uh, they will help change your life for the best. Um, so, anyway, uh, and then I want to read that the first job God gave humans was to manage and take care of God's stuff here on Earth, and that's actually verse, um, verse fifteen. Um, the Lord God placed the man in the garden to tend to the Garden of Eden, and watch over it. He get right there. He gave us a responsibility. So, and you know, I uh, let's see. I want to go ahead and just read the rest of Genesis chapter two. Bear with me. It's only like a few paragraphs. It's actually like two. It says, uh, "It says then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be lonely, to be alone. I will make a helper.'" Who is who is just right for him? So the Lord God formed formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He he brought them to the man to see what he could he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds, all of the all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. Isn't that unique, though? God entrusted us. He's like, all right, I've created all these things for you or to you. And he, he gave us the choice of naming or he gave us the opportunity to name each each one. <clears throat> That's so unique. It's like it's like a parent giving a child a dog, a dog. And the parent since. He, he the, the parent will allow the child to name that dog, you know, it's because they love the child and they want the child to be happy and they want them to take some some pride and ownership of it, um, even though they bu- went out and bought it, bought the dog. <clears throat> so it says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep while the man slept. The Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one or this one is my bone from my bone, and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman, because she 
was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and woman. <clears throat> or, sorry. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined with his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked and felt and they felt no shame. And so that is how women were created. And uh and women are very important because it's not good for men to be alone. <clears throat> so you know, I had something on my mind about trust. Oh, another thing about trust is God emplaced us on this earth. Um with with all this with all these resources but he didn't place you on this earth just to consume resources he wants you uh to go out and um be fruitful do good works and that's where the temporary assignment comes in uh we're on this earth temporarily um but uh we're not here just to consume resources right because that's that's not why we're here. We're here for a certain purpose. One, to glorify God and two, um, to just kind of spread God around. And three, uh, just do good works. That temporary assignment, um, it could be anything. Uh, it can be many other stuff. Uh, it, could be, it could be like your career. It could be just small assignments every day. Just like whenever God gave the man uh, the assignment to name all the animals. Um, we're here because not just create to, uh, <clears throat> I've said it multiple times, but I just want to be clear. Um, we're here on this earth to do good works, uh, not to sit on our butts. Um, so go out and whatever that may be, just look into your heart and think of what you want to do that can glorify God. And that's, that's your temporary assignment right there. Um, so there is that. <sighs> And I don't believe, I think that kind of wraps up everything. Um, when it, thank you for <clears throat> sitting with me through Genesis. That was just Genesis 1 through 2. And there's kind of the perspective, the beginning perspective on uh, God's creation and his perspective on what he expects from us. Um, I want to say shout out to Rick Warren for that awesome devotion because um, reading that has really changed my views on, on life and why we're here. So, all right, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to pray this out, and uh, y'all be good. So, if you bow with me, thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day, for this technology that I can, we can use, utilize um, to spread your name, Father, and talk about you. Uh, Father, I want to thank you for another day of, um, of just work, of, of just focusing on you, developing our relationship with you. Um, Father, you are good, and you've entrusted us with uh, all these resources, Lord. Lord, I pray that we we are responsible, that we can be responsible and just take care of the possessions that you've given us. And that uh, when you see us treat, treat each other right and treat our possessions that you've given us uh, right, then that makes you happy, and we are rewarded for it, uh, Father. Uh, Lord, I... Uh, I want to say to the uh, to the to the viewer at the end of this line that they don't know you, Lord. Um, I pray that they can get to know you, accept you into their heart, 
um, because that's the greatest thing uh, they can do on this earth. Um, what's uh, what's the scariest thing is not death. The scariest thing is death, not knowing Jesus, Father. And um, that's ultimately what we're here on this earth for, is to have a relationship with you and your son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins because we are not perfect and because we are natural, natural sinning uh, beings, Lord. Lord, I, I want to give you all the praise and all the glory. You are good, and I love you. You know I pray. Amen. And that's a wrap. Thank you for staying this long, and uh, stay tuned for more content. Thank you, and God bless.